1: Hello everybody, it is Corey Poirier back with the latest in our interview edition and interview series that we've been putting on and our guest today, so I'm jumping right into the meat of things, our guest today is Bruce Van Horn. I'm super excited to bring Bruce on. I mentioned him inside the group as a Twitter influencer and Bruce can correct this for me but I even noted that He was on a list. I remember this from a long time ago. He was on a list like one spot above or one spot below Barack Obama. And so (laughs) uh, this guy is the real deal when it comes to influence and when it comes to Twitter. Uh, So, Bruce, where we usually like to start? It's a little different than most shows, but we like to get our guests to tell us just a little bit about themselves, whether personal or professional. Don't worry about how much because we'll dive in deeper anyway, but just what you would tell somebody who's just getting to know you for the first time.
0: You know, it's, I think the easiest way to do it is is similar to you. I talk for a living. Right, <laughs> you know, and so I, I decided to, you know, I whether I I position myself as a writer or a speaker or a podcaster. So I just decided to put on my website, you know, simply stated, I use words to positively influence the world. And so whether I'm I'm writing or whether I'm speaking or as you know, if you follow me on uh, on Twitter, I'm also sort of this uh, curated quotes of info inspirational sayings nerd. So, uh, very probably I'm using other people's words too, but the idea is to, to cause people to stop and maybe go, Hmm, or yeah, that, that resonates with me. Um, so that's basically it. You know, I, I use words for a living and and the, the desire, the goal there is to, we can use words, tear each other down. We can use words to criticize each other or ourselves. And at some point in my life, in my mid forties, I became aware of that and the story that I was telling myself and the story that I was telling other people and realizing it was a story that didn't really serve me very well. Didn't make me feel very good about being who I am or, you know, and I spent a lot of time criticizing other people. And so I, I made a shift in my life and realized that, you know, I can use words to to not only lift other people up, but really, first and foremost, to lift me up. And, you know, so that's that's where I start. So I, I do, um, you know, professionally, what I do mostly for an income is I'm a, uh, I'm an executive and life coach. I'm a business consultant. Um, yeah. So let's just start there and see where yeah. it goes. Uh, well,
1: yeah, I mean, that's, that's such a, a great uh, tee up for me to go in a few different directions. Uh, as we like to say, I got a few things to unpack there. So the first one, yep. I'm going to jump in really deep, uh, Bruce. Um, you know, these days, especially with interviews, people want short uh, interviews. And so I like to jump right in rather than easing my way in. So I want to ask you the elephant in the room. So Twitter, you've been uh, an influencer on Twitter for years. And yep. just like all social media that goes through you know peaks and valleys, uh, you know, we, we can go through different times whenever Instagram is hopping and then people are like, oh, what's going on with Instagram? And then it hopping again. And so I'd love to get your take on somebody who's been pretty consistently on Twitter for, I don't want to guess the years, but I feel like it's been a decade. A on time. And yeah, so um, can you tell us, I guess, either A, what you've seen change or B, your eggs are still, you have a lot of eggs in the Twitter basket. Is it still paying off? Like, in other words, is Twitter still as uh, as hot or as uh, powerful as it once was, so I'm just curious what Twitter looks like today. As somebody who's using it from mm. the inside of. It.
0: the way I use Twitter hasn't changed at all. Um, you know, I'm still using it, and, and it's the same way I use all social media, right? And and it's for, for me to be able to share with the world what I'm thinking, what I'm experiencing. It's not not as um, as not as real time as hey everybody, I'm eating a donut. Right. But a lot of my my videos that I post, I I've, uh, that was sort of what uh, got me going years and years ago. I'd be out for a run and I'd have this idea and I'd stop all sweaty and shaky hand, you know, even to the point where people would go like, dude, you need to get a selfie stick or, you know, or uh, whatever they, the stabilizers are. It's like, no, nah, this is the way I like to roll. And I just have this idea. And so no post-production, no Photoshop, no, you know, Adobe, you know, whatever you do videos with it shows, I don't even know. So just real time, I record a video about what I'm thinking and, and I post it. And for me, it's, it's going to resonate with you or it's not going to resonate with you. And it just so happened, you know, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, are like, you know, Hey, how can I get so many followers? And my standard reply to them is, well, if that's what your real interest is, then you probably shouldn't be on Twitter anyway. Um, how about you say something worth following? Right. And so that's what I've tried to do. And and it's not that I actually try to I just share what's on my heart, what's on my mind. And I've been fortunate enough that it it resonates with a lot of people and they share it with other people and. Yeah. So at, at one point, I don't even know what the stats are anymore. But at one point, I was typically on any given day within the top 5% most retweeted persons on Twitter. Um, and And that's kind of fun. But what it's done is it has allowed me to connect. And that's ultimately what it is. So first and foremost, it's I wanted a platform where I could just say what I was thinking, what I was feeling, what I was experiencing in the hopes that somebody else could use that information to improve their lives. And, and it did. And so it, it has allowed me to meet people like you and, you know, and I've gotten so many uh, business, so much business out of it because somebody saw a video or they saw a tweet or they saw enough of it to the point where they felt like they knew me. And, and at that point they say, Hey, Bruce, can we talk about coaching or, Hey, I've got this business. Would you be interested in coming and speaking to our group or working with my team around mindset and about vision? And, and so it's, for me, it's, it's, it has been tremendously profitable in so many areas. It's brought me relationships with people that, that I didn't even know. Right. I mean, for example, you know, I, whatever time people, people are out there. Now she happens to live not far from me, but we've never met in person, but Katie Couric, right? Everybody knows Katie Couric. So she's got a brand new book out. And I just happened to see that she's got a new book out. And so I pre-ordered my copy of it and I just tweeted about it. The next thing I know, I'm having this private message chat with Katie Couric. And it's like, how surreal is that? Right Now she's probably thinking, you know what? I'm just A regular human being. I'm just a normal person who happens to have been on television for the last 30 years of my life, and and I'm thinking, whoa, why is this, you know, this icon of news media and opinion and having this conversation with you know this with just a regular dude named Bruce Van Horn, and so it it just it levels this playing field in that you can meet just about anybody that you want to meet. And yeah, so the, yeah, let, let's pause there because you know me. I will just keep going. <laughs> Interrupt no, the
1: good. And it's a perfect uh time uh for a segue because one 11, eleven my time. It depends what time zone you're on, but it's one eleven for me. So um yep. having said that, Bruce, I-, I love that there's a couple of directions I want to go from there. One, you know, I, I want to highlight something you said, and then two, I want to also uh talk to um something you said about uh, retweeting and, and you know, and and the power of that. So as far as the what you did with Katie, I think there's an important thing for people to note when they hear that. Something you did, in my opinion, is you delivered value for her. You know, we, and we right. always use that term. It's the easy way to say it. But you gave to her. Like, you didn't go to her saying, hey, Katie, uh, can you put me on your show? Like, you gave to her without any right. question of anything, without looking for anything. And I bring that up because... Likewise, uh, yourself, social media has been the level playing field for me. And, you know, the interviews I've been able to do and places I've been able to get, like you said, surreal moments, like sitting in Bob, Bob Proctor, sitting by his pool, holding his 57 year old copy of Think and Grow Rich. It's like one of those pinch me moments for me, mm-hmm. That's of both Think and Grow Rich and Bob Proctor. And but the point is that doesn't happen without social media. But here's the thing. It also doesn't happen without me going to Bob to give value for him. And without him having a reason to say, yes, this makes sense for me. So I right. can't go to top influencers and say, hey, I, would you sit with for an hour with me on Zoom and give me and let me pick your brain? I mean, it, are there some that would do that? Yes. But it doesn't work that way typically. And Not I see usually. people, like you said about the shortcut, people will come to me and say, Corey, can you give me so-and-so's home number or text? Can you give me you know Les Brown's so, a cell phone number so I can reach out to him? It doesn't work like that. Right. You know? At your point, like with the if you want to just build followers, this is not the way to go. Well, my thing is if you want to uh sit down with influencers, just asking me for their number isn't the way to go either. So I just wanted to point out you gave value for Katie Kirk, and that's why the conversation ultimately happened. Now, we can build relationships, all that other stuff comes from there, but I I think we need to lead first with the idea of giving is what that's really the takeaway, I think, from that. No, so I wanted to. At least acknowledge that that you did something. It wasn't like you were you reached out private message to Katie and said, Hey, I'm a big time a Twitter influencer. Uh let's have a chat.
0: Right. Right. And I didn't do the tweet with any intention of her actually even ever even seeing it. You know, so for me, it was a, a sincere desire to, you know, I've read her books before. I know enough about her life. I know about some of the struggles that she's been through, like the death of her husband and you know, so, so many things. And so she means something to me and I just wanted to share that with my audience. And, and again, it it just resonates with people. So this idea of, um, I think everybody has something to say of, of worth of value. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, the, some, I, you know me enough to probably know that I'm a, I'm a real word nerd. And what do words really, really mean? And so I, I ask people. I say, do you have, you, you have, whether you realize it or not, you have original ideas. Now a lot of people will confuse original with unique, right? So if, if Corey wants to open up a pizza parlor, that doesn't sound like a very original idea but it may very well be it doesn't mean unique it means where did the idea originate was it something from within you that that you wanted to share with the world like a love of pizza and so we all have that right and so there's when when you share your original ideas it's going to it's going to resonate with somebody right? And even if I read somebody else's quote, like if I read a Bob, Bob Proctor quote, and it resonates with me, I'm going to share it from a place of this this origin within me, not with any hope of you know getting in Bob's good graces, but because this meant something for me to me, and it may mean something of value to you. And so there's, what often happens is there's, we, we learn how to manipulate a system. Oh, well, what will get me the most likes? What will get me the most retweets? Right. And, and that often leads to frustration and it also sorts starts to dilute dilute the value of social media.
1: Absolutely. And uh, I want to ask you in a second about how much, time you know because a lot of people like same idea social media how much time can i put in and and again sometimes it's probably not for them if they want to uh build a following or whatever that looks like for them but something else you said there which i think is it's uh based on an interview i just did oh are you
0: it's breaking up a little bit Are you still there? Yeah, I don't know if you can hear me, but I can't hear you at all. Video has frozen. Is this better? You're back. Yes, indeed.
1: I, I switched networks. I don't know what was going on, but rather than trying to troubleshoot, I just figured I'd switch networks and we'll go for the best.
0: I o- also live in a world where everything happens exactly as the way it was supposed to.
1: 100%. I'm on the same page there, yep. my friend. And yep. so Otherwise. what i ask is, if you, have you heard the name Ken Honda before?
0: Yeah, the name sounds familiar. I, I don't, You you'd have to. Walk me through it a little more before it really resonates with me. But the name sounds familiar.
1: Yeah, and and I'll walk you through just a little bit, just to put context behind this. But um, I and I just discovered Ken about three weeks ago. Did an interview with him. He is the most successful personal development author in Japan. He sold eight okay. million books there. Uh, retired at twenty nine, and then started teaching other people uh, how to work with money. Essentially, decided that he wanted to make a move to North America, and now his first book. In North America, sold a couple hundred thousand copies called Happy Money. So that's Ken Honda. And he's on Mind Valley. They have a program around his oh, money. Yeah.
0: yeah, I know Mind Valley.
1: So I bring him up for a specific reason. So Ken talks about happy money. And what happy money means to him is the money in your wallet, or you know, now it's a digital wallet, but whatever it looks like, it's the money that was acquired through you serving and giving and delivering your passion. And he talks to the fact that. Money that maybe you get paid, but you you have to pay it all out in bills and you're pissed off about that or um, or you feel you're not making enough. And so you, you have a guilt around money or an anger around money is not happy money. And so that was a long way to say, Bruce, when you talked about your tweets and how you'll send a tweet out and it might be a Bob Proctor quote. That's what it means to you. And you're putting it out because it might mean something to somebody else. I kind of compare that to what Ken's saying with happy money. It's like you're delivering a happy tweet. That's kind of how I look at it. And so it's it's energy. You're putting the tweet out behind. There's no energy. Everything's energy and you're not looking for something. And so you're putting it out with a good energy is what I'm saying. And I think that's what we're talking.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So I think the lesson for people from that is when they're using social media to not try to go for the vanity numbers and in fact, instead say what speaks to me and put that out there and You'll probably be surprised sometimes that some of the stuff that speaks to you might just happen to speak to a lot of other people.
0: it shocked me, right because i I started this i yeah I think I am right at a decade now. I probably started Twitter in two thousand and eleven and and I was i I just went out there to to start engaging with people and start sharing some ideas and you know without any intention you know grateful for everybody who followed me grateful for anybody who may have retweeted me or, or sent me and even grateful for for the people who you know at least took the time to make some kind of snarky sarcastic comment right at least that's some kind of interaction it's like yay they're paying attention right so any attention who is it that said uh, any media is good media uh, but but either way you know so to wake up one day you know and see that I've got half a million Twitter followers and, you know, I make some list or something like that is that that's icing, right? It's, it's the um, I I use this metaphor that what, when is an apple tree an apple tree, right? And I've got a a children's book that I'm I'm working on right now about Andy, the apple tree, who is growing up in this orchard of full grown apple trees and that the the humans come and they pick the apples and they're climbing up in the big apple trees. And the uh, Andy's just looking around going, Oh, what have those trees got that I don't got? And then it's obvious, well, they've got apples. Well, so Andy sets out on this journey. I've got to get apples. I've got to get apples because when I get apples, then I'll be an apple tree. Well, when is Andy the apple tree? Andy was born an apple tree and the, Apples are just what Andy will produce from being an authentic full version of an apple tree. It's not something that you get that defines you. It's something that you produce because of what you are. Right. And so many and goal. I, I do this in businesses. Goals are we we have such a toxic mindset around goal setting Our our kids are taught to, you know, go get those great jobs versus what is it that you feel is inside you? I I love the word enthusiasm uh, as opposed to passion, but the word enthusiasm is this Greek word that means God within what's inside you that seeks expression out into the world. And then what shows up in your life. So there's nothing wrong with the million dollars. There's nothing wrong with the half a million or 20 million Twitter followers. It's just, was it something you sought to get to validate you or did they show up in your life as fruit from the, the value you're adding to people's life, from you just being your authentic you? People will show up and exchange energy, right? Very much this Bob Proctor thing. Money is really just an exchange of energy. And if what if it's what you're seeking to begin with, it's going to lead to frustration. But if what you're seeking is to share what's on your heart, then if the money shows up, that's just bonus. Right. And, and again, happy money, whenever a bonus is, you know, who doesn't like bonus?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just to go down this, uh, this rabbit hole just for another second, because then I'm going to switch gears again on us, but just go down this rabbit hole for a second. You know, here's an example that we don't know. First of all, if we if we do it for the right reasons, we're probably going to impact people without even realizing it. And we don't know how big that impact would be. So for instance, and and I don't even remember because it's going back even probably seven years, but when we first connected, but I think I might have reached out about having you on my show or vice versa. So we were whoever it was, was giving value to the other. And then I know we ended up being on both people's shows. But I I heard your story, it really spoke to me. And as you know, I put it in one of my books. And the book I put it in, since then it's had it's had its own journey like a longer life than most books I think do but it went from self published and now it's with Morgan James publishing to now it has the foreword by James Redfield with Celestine and mm-hmm. the book has made lists and so and again it's not about any of that that's just part of the journey but I bring this up because I think you're the first story we open up with in the book once we get past the foreword and the, the niceties in the book and the introduction I think yours is the first story I open up with and I sent you an email privately the other day of somebody who I didn't even know bought the book, but he's on my email list. didn't even know he bought the book. He sends me an email and I was messaging about something else. And he went out of his way to say, and I sent it to you, something to the effect of, you know, I just want to tell you that I don't know Bruce Van Horn very well, but his story in your book really spoke to me and and he's inspiring many. Please let him know or something to that effect. But here's the person you and I both reached without ever even know we were doing it. And it all started because one of us gave value seven years ago. Right. So it's a yeah. that idea of let it grow on its own. Don't exactly. be exactly.
0: It's why, you know, do, doing the work that we do and, and like my podcast, Life is a Marathon, I, I get emails like, like right now within the last three months, you know, you, you, you can see the statistics of where people are listening. Country number six right now is Qatar or Qatar. Depending on how <laughs> I always said Qatar, but then it was in the news recently with all the Afghanistan. It's it's Qatar, but then uh, the United Arab Emirates and even Iran and Iraq are in the top fifteen listenership, and that blows my mind, right? right? It's so humbling to to get an email from somebody in very very broken English because English isn't even their you know it, who knows they're they're more spelling phonetically than anything else, but they're saying, you know, I heard your show in my country and it just really spoke to me. It's yeah, it's, it's just, you know, again, it, it's, that's always going to be my encouragement as you have something to say and it will attract your tribe to you versus what popular culture teaches us to do is, is go out and see where all of the bling is and, you know, and try to you know, this shiny light syndrome? Do you want to be on, you know, American Idol or, or, you know, who whoever's got talent because you really have talent and you want, and you, it's, is it for the love of the game or is it for the love of the attention? Mm-hmm. And it's a completely different energy that can drive us to do things. And very often the people I wind up coaching, they're very successful. They've made a ton of money. They're actually really, really good at what they do. But when they get to be about our age, they start to realize it's not quite as satisfying as they thought it would be. And it usually turns out that they went in it because somebody pushed them or urged them or they had shiny object syndrome thinking that, oh, you'll make a lot of money as a doctor or a lawyer, you know, or go get your MBA and and whatever, thinking that that would make you happy. But the goal is to do what makes you happy first.
1: You know, uh, one of the things you said there that just made me picture it jumped into my head, but I thought of America, America American Idol. I thought of American Idol when you're saying that, and I started picturing, and maybe it's because I watched a show now called Mental, Mental Samurai with Rob Lowe, and they had yes. the other day, they said, list these three American Idols in order of earliest to, to newest, and it was uh, Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood, and Jordan Sparks, and the interesting part about that, I don't know when American Idol started, but I feel like it's got to be 15 years now. I'm thinking mm-hmm. and it may be more and Kelly Clarkson is still going. Carrie Underwood is still going and Jordan Sparks is still going. And to your point, that leads me to believe those three, especially Kelly Clarkson. But those three didn't go on it solely for the fame because right. I don't think they'd still be in the business because they've had ups and downs, all of them. Right. Yeah. And so they were in it for probably the real reasons. If they're still going all these years later,
0: they are and and if it's been around for 15 years notice how we maybe only remember three of them because they're still going and the others aren't you know another musician jason mraz is that way too i mean i I love the music of jason mraz not only is he richmond i live in richmond virginia so he he's a richmond boy at heart lives in california now but i forgive him for that Um, (laughs) but but same deal you know he didn't actually win he was runner up yet it, it gave him a platform to do this thing that was inside him that was seeking to express itself. 100%. Right. And so that's always going to be what I come back to is why, what, what's the why, right? You and I are all about, you know, what, what's the, why are you doing it? Are you doing it for there's this thing outside of your life that you don't have and you want to bring it into your experience of life or is it inside you? And it just, it it wants to be shouted from the rooftops because everybody has that. I I really believe that we all have that yet it's repressed or it's misguided or we get, we, we get told by society. Oh, well, you can never make money doing that. You need to feed your family. Yeah.
1: And and I feel like we've come a long way with that. Like, I feel like now enough people have seen like, like for example, my, um, my girlfriend, when her and I, Uh, first got together and we moved across the country and her father met me for the first time from that day until probably two years into our relationship he would say to her every now and then shouldn't he get a job what does he do for a living how does he make money are you sure you guys are okay should i lend you money like he didn't he didn't have any understanding at all of what i did now the interesting part is because i write books as well he could identify with that so he said well i know he's an author So when people would ask him what I do, I know he's an author and he had, uh, he actually had, I, this is a compliment to me, but he had all, all my books were in the bathroom. That was his bathroom reading. And I'm like, I'll take that as a compliment because it's the only thing he has in there. But my point is he knew I was an author and he liked that. He liked being able to say he's an author, but he didn't understand the rest of the stuff. But it's funny how all that's changed over the years. Now he's like, not only uh, I think appreciates it. I think he like, goes, look, this guy, he's always happy. Clearly, he's doing something right. And so I feel like people are coming around more and more when they see enough people, say, running an online business during the pandemic. And they're like, oh, you can actually make a living doing what you do? I didn't realize that. you
0: can. Yeah. So
1: I I wanted to add that. And then I said I want to go down a different sort of uh, manhole or rabbit hole uh, just as we start to wind down. But I want to ask you, Bruce, when it comes to using Twitter, like I feel like there's one thing is of course the retweets and the public side, what people see, but then there's the private message. And I, I think like a lot of people I talk to don't even, they don't ever leverage the power of the direct message and maybe don't even see it as a thing. Cause they just feel like Twitter's the public thing, but you just talked about having a private conversation with Katie Kirk on Twitter. And so what, is there a good way to use direct message? And what I mean by that is, uh, is it okay in your, your estimation to reach out to anybody who's in your network and and give value and what have you, or is there a certain etiquette behind how a direct message has to happen?
0: Hmm. <laughs> um, I, yeah, and I really do have this love hate relationship with DMs um, because so many people are using it. So inappropriate. You know, I will probably in the course of a day get well over a hundred dms and and half of them are inappropriate right you know half of them are spammy um half of them are people who don't even know me who you know and the email too right and and you get it as well i that it's, it's it's like they go to school on how to do it wrong they they say hey i'm really so awesome and i did this i want to come on your podcast and use your audience so i can be more famous that's the gist of it, you know, and so for the, I very, very rarely open a direct message if it's, it, you know, it's <laughs> I also don't get the direct message. I, I saw one yesterday and I just had to laugh because you go to my Twitter account and it clearly says Bruce Van Horn. My Twitter name is Bruce VH. I had a DM. And, you know, whether it's a real account or not, but but the message, because it shows you like the first couple characters or the first line of the message anyway, It it was, hey, what's your name? <laughs> OK, not even opening that one yet. If if somebody has sends me a message that says, hey, Bruce, saw that tweet, just want to say thank you. Then there's a much, much higher likelihood that if I don't know you at all, I'm going to open it up and and maybe reply, say, hey, I really appreciate that feedback. Glad I was able to help you out um, if there's anything I can do for you and then start to build that relationship. But the people who who just lead with something, you know, a, a link to some, you know, you know, hey, get rich on Bitcoin right i'm i'm going to delete those but yes it's but once there's a relationship you send me a direct message i already know you there's this relationship or if you give some type of give me a reason mm-hmm. to open that up asking me my name when it's obvious what my name is is not the way to do it right um but if but if you say you know you know acknowledge that something that i've done has made an important change in your life, then, then I'm probably going to open up the message. Or at least if you've interacted with me, if I've noticed that you've retweeted my stuff or you've commented under a couple of my tweets or so. So I, so I at least am aware that you exist before you send me that DM, the likelihood of me opening it. So otherwise it's just spammy, right? Changes yeah. are Yeah. If I don't know you or if you don't have some name recognition, you know, like, yeah. So, so there's some people who have some name recognition and they sent me a a DM and I'll open it because I know who they are.
1: Yeah. And and that completely makes sense. It's all about, you know, do you recognize, especially whenever you're getting hit with that many messages and you have to filter through that and you, you don't want to spend, Four hours of your day just going through spam messages on Twitter, and so totally, totally get that. And you know, I'll add that thing else about the idea of, um, you know, w- when we talk about pitches. So, for instance, the same idea with pitching to be on someone's podcast. I probably, uh, well, I don't. Even, I'll say it this way: I don't even know how many emails we have two email addresses that are both related to the podcast. I don't even know how many emails I get pitching the podcast because a lot of them the way they're set up like it's like um tech founder uh ran successful company for five years and that's the subject and i think in traditional media that might be like that might appeal like for example if you're going to fortune or forbes they might go oh is this a tech founder we don't know about yet that would probably appeal but i feel like for a lot of average podcast hosts you you need more of a connection than that because then it feels that feels like more of a to me it feels more like a, a press release that you send right. out to fifty people at once and so what I'm and this is something new I'm doing but I just finished doing a video that I'm trying to send out that's more so that you're now not reading this long thing it's um, for example my thing is. Uh, you know, being the modern day Napoleon Hill, because I get compared so often. And so it might be uh, want to learn the secrets of 7000 interviews or what have you. But right away, I'm going to going to start talking to you like a person. I'm not going to right no. away my pitch say, uh, Bruce, have you ever wondered, blah blah. and like I'm actually pitching you, it's it's more going to be truthfully if I've listened to your show. You know, I, I listen to Life is a Marathon. Um, and if I truly it's not, I mean, we hear that all the time. Act like you listen to an episode or listen to one episode. But if a person truly knows your show, they're going to understand the nuances of your show. And so if I can talk, and I if I'm trying to get on shows, I better be listening to them as well. So I'm going to be talking about the nuances of the show, more than one guest, stuff like that. But my point is, I'm not just going to send you a press release that I sent to everybody else. Because I think that and I feel that does work and did work with the HarperCollins of the world and the big entities. But because they go over everything because they're looking for that one story. But I don't know about you, but I get pitched again, whatever the number is, it's way more than I realize because a lot of those emails, I just blow past them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I and I love that point. Get to know the person. Right. So if if you know anything about the Life is Marathon show, I've been doing this for seven years, you know, pushing 600 episodes. And out of those 600 episodes, I've done less than 100 interviews, right? Mine is not an interview format show. Mine is a monologue show. It's the, it's the Bruce Van Horn show, right? I share my ideas. Occasionally I bring on a guest like Corey, right? And so to, to lead with, Hey, I've got this great person who would be a guest, great guest for your show. I know right away they they know nothing about my show. And they think that you know, because there are a lot of podcasts, you know, like like yours, is it's interview driven. Right. Absolutely. My Mine. It's rare if I ever bring anybody else on. Right. And so that again, that's that's a clear indication that they haven't done their research. Right. Yeah. Now, I will I, I will very often respond to an email that or a, a direct message that says, hey, Bruce, I've been listening to your show. I'd love to hear you talk about this topic or this is what's going on in my life. And I'm sure it's probably going on in other people's lives. I'd love to hear you talk about this. Then I'm going to be, yeah, let's have a conversation and let's get more specific about it. Can you give me some more details? And then I might actually bring you on the show to talk about that.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, one other thing I'll say about that, and then uh, I'll aim to sort of bring us to a close and learn more about how people can connect with you for Bruce. But uh, one last thing to that, what you just said is one of the things that I've told people that I feel will help them break through that noise of uh, all these other people pitching podcasts because it's broke through to me in the past is actually listen to an episode. Uh, And if you can, because you can find this stuff out, like on listen notes, that, but find out what a popular episode. And then, Talk as long as you sincerely talk to the subject, but actually share how you can take a different take on it. You know, I love what Rob said about this. However, I don't know if you've ever considered this. I'd love to come on the show and give an alternate perspective on that because here's my thoughts. You know, a, a good example is if you have that. a guest yeah. come on and talk about the 21 day habit. Uh, so, how to, you know, of course, create a habit in 21 days. Uh, if you've ever read the book, The One Thing, and I'm talking for people listening here that. as well,
0: yep. they, they actually
1: thing. they reveal that it wasn't 21 days, the guy that actually created that whole system said it was 66 to cement the habit, 21 is when it started. So i can go to Bruce, who's a a specialist on talk to the 21 day habit and say, look, Bruce, here's the source. And it really was 66 days. And I talk to people about that's why most people quit their New Year's resolutions in three weeks. And I'd love to come on the show and talk about that. To me, you're going to immediately say, is that a value to my listeners? Because that's different. So that's right. and so I think if you can come on and talk about I like this idea, however, I want to offer a different spin on it. I think that's another way to break through as well. But you got to know agree. the show and you got to know the guests to do that.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So it still goes back to you have to know who you're pitching and talking to. So it's funny. I didn't expect us to go there from uh, the direct uh, you know, messages or deep, but I never know where we're going to go And pitching. I think is a, it's a finer and it's going to become more and more uh, important when you look at how quickly the podcasting space if we talk just podcasting is growing you know like right with the number i've heard now is like 1.7 or 1.8 million podcasts you know something like 1.2 million active so if you want to be a, a guest on shows you got to know how to pitch now it's it's a big deal exactly um, so bruce anything else you want to add before i ask because uh, I, I know we you and i could we could go down these rabbit holes for i'd happy but Else, you want to share anything else you have going on that you'd like to let us know about, or anything along those lines? Before I ask you, simply how people can learn more about the work you do.
0: Oh gosh, um, you know, so I'm I'm working on uh, I'm working on two books right now. One is sort of a personal development book, and one is a business development book, and and they're intricately intertwined because they they are the same. One is a book called "Set Yourself Up for Victory." And then the other one is, is simply called the synergy of business. And, and the idea is essentially the same, but just knowing that so much of the, uh, the, the things that keep us from living our, you know, that, that phrase live your best life, right? The only thing blocking you from living your best life is you and, and your own thought, your own story. We set ourselves so much up for failure. We ask the wrong questions, right? you you know, this so well that, uh, the quality of the answer is entirely dependent on the quality of the question. Like, yeah, I, I was teasing one of my female clients the other day. I said, so have you come on, be honest with me. Have you ever asked your husband, does this dress make me look fat? And and if he says no, you're still upset with him. Right, because you set him up for failure. What you wanted him to say was, honey, you're beautiful. Mm mm-hmm. But you just asked him a question. Does this dress make me look fat? Right. How about you just ask what you really want? Say, am I beautiful? Right. Because we, we don't or, or in our internal dialogue, if we've you know, if, if later on and I listen to this uh, interview, I go, "Ah, oh, how could I have been so stupid to say that it's the wrong question? right? Because I don't actually want to know how I could have been so stupid. What I really want to know is what could I do better next time? Right. And so, so, so much of what we do in our head determines our, our success. And so I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with that. Um, I'm playing with words. I, I just recently did a podcast, uh, all about communication and how we have so, we so dilute the meaning of a, of a word that we think now that, uh, You know, communication is just me sharing or imparting an idea to you. We're just saying, Corey, this is what I want to do, or this is what I want you to do. Have we communicated? It's not. It's a Latin word that means we we should actually start intentionally mispronounce the word instead of say communicate. It's come unificate, right? Because the goal is oneness. Right. The go the Latin word for communicate literally means to be of one mind. Unity is the core of it. And and so we, you know, like the George Bernard Shaw quote says, the the hardest part about communication is the illusion that it's taken place. And and the illusion exists because we've forgotten what the real goal is. The goal is unity. The goal is, are we going to function as one unit, one mind, one body, one soul? And we miss that. Right. And so and that also applies to so many businesses that I work with. A lot of businesses think they're communicating, but they're not. And leaders think that their job is to um, tell people what to do. But their real job is to unify this team. Their real job is to inspire around the why, saying here's where we're going. Let's go as this single unified unit in this direction. That's when communication has happened. So that's sort of just fun stuff I'm doing now.
1: Well, and I, you know, it's, I don't know why this popped into my head, but uh, I thought you were saying that about that question about does distress make me look fat? It, and I don't know if this is, uh, it'd, be, it'd be too long for a book title, but I don't know why it's, it's, it seems to me it'd be a great book title is don't ask a close ended question when you want an open ended answer. Exactly. That's really what the person, yeah. I'm not saying that your client did, but that's what we're doing when we're asked a right. yes or no question, but then say, well, why didn't they say something else altogether?
0: right right cuz cuz no it doesn't never satisfies the real desire that that question you know but you ask the wrong question
1: yeah i just i just wanted to yeah. share that i know I
0: it's it's there, beautiful there's,
1: there's probably a lot of plays on words there like don't ask the wrong question if you're looking for the right answer who knows but <laughs> having said that bruce uh most important question since we've been talking about questions a lot is how can people connect with you and learn more is there a hub because we talked about the book we I, we mentioned the book we talked about the podcast talked about twitter where would you send people if they want to follow all things bruce
0: yeah brucevanhorn.com is the easiest way to go and it you know and it's v-a-n-h-o-r-n no e on the end um yeah so brucevanhorn.com on on twitter i'm bruce vh I have this ongoing battle with uh, with instagram right now but on instagram it's bruce dot vh um yeah, but brucevanhorn.com is the uh, the place and the direct links to everything, the podcast, all my social media is right there if anybody wants to get in touch with me either about coaching or or working with your team or business. Um happy to do that, happy to have conversations.
1: Amazing stuff. Well, Bruce Van Horn, it's been an absolute Thank you pleasure. my friend. I appreciate you, uh, honor you, humble you you, uh, for coming here and simply will ask you uh, for a to be continued. You know, let's keep this conversation alive.
0: You know, I would love to do it, Corey. You're a rock star. And I I always just when you and I are talking together, neither of us ever stop smiling. And I love that.
1: I noticed that too. And that's, yeah, life could be so good. So thank you for making it so good for the last hour. Awesome. Well, thanks Bruce. Thanks everybody for joining us. And until next time, uh, of course I'll post with everybody. I'll post who's coming up next, but uh, make sure to rewatch this one with Bruce and take notes if you haven't already. Thanks everybody. Thanks.